This is Tailgate Till May. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm back yet again to talk about what you care about most in the world of college sports. I wasn't planning to do an episode today. I was planning to come back to you later this week, talk a little about this week's basketball games, and as always, do a weekend preview of the biggest games in college basketball. But today, something absolutely stopped me in my tracks. And what stopped me in my tracks today was the additional details that emerged in the capital murder case against former Alabama basketball player Darius Miles. If you're unfamiliar with the story, back in January, Miles and another man, Michael Davis, who's not associated with Alabama, were charged with capital murder for their role in the shooting death of Jamia Harris, a 23-year-old mother. It's alleged that Davis fired the gun, and court records state that Miles admitted to providing Davis with the gun. As it stood before today, this was an absolutely heartbreaking story of loss for a young mother, an absolutely uh, avoidable loss that never needed to take place. It was heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Well, today more information came out. And some of the details that have emerged today have really called into question the way that the University of Alabama, the University of Alabama Athletic Department, and the Alabama basketball program, head coach Nate Oates in particular, has handled everything that has happened since the murder of Harris has taken place. A preliminary hearing took place in this case, and according to law enforcement testimony, Alabama star freshman Brandon Miller was not only at the scene, but he brought the gun that was used in the murder to the scene. According to police testimony, Miller's windshield was struck twice in the shooting. And according to additional testimony, two vehicles were blocking the road where Harris's vehicle was parked. Those vehicles belonged to Miller, and the second vehicle belonged to Jaden Bradley another freshman member of the Crimson Tide basketball team. Now, this is all brand new information that was just made public today, and naturally it raises a lot of questions. I am not a lawyer, I don't pretend to be a lawyer, but based on that information, it naturally raises the question of, well, should Brandon Miller have been charged with something, given his involvement in this situation? And... AL.com asked Tuscaloosa Chief Deputy DA Paula Whitley that question, and Whitley said, quote, that's not a question I can answer. There's nothing we could charge him with, end quote. Now, I said that what we learned today calls into question the way that the University of Alabama and the Alabama basketball program has handled everything, and here's why. Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates was asked about the situation and his comfort with Miller's proximity to it, and here's what he had to say. Harris's um, situation, just how comfortable were you with his, his proximity to that, and also if there's any, any NBA scouts who might be inquiring, what would you say to them about that? Yeah, I mean, we've known the situation since it's been, we've been fully cooperating with law enforcement the entire time. I mean, it's whole situation's sad. I mean, you just think of it, we team closed practice with a prayer for the situation today. Again, knowing that we had this trial today, I mean, you think of Jamia and her 
family and Cain really think about their son Cain that was left behind. So it's sad. We did, we knew about that. I mean, you know, can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor has he in any trouble, type of trouble on this case. Like, you know, on spot at the wrong time. So we'll, we'll address it when uh, I'm sure NBA scouts will ask. They do their homework. But, yeah, I want think the article that it came out, it also stated Brandon's been interviewed. He's, you know, they're comfortable with everything that happened there. Now, there are a few things that stand out to me from this statement from Oates. And let's start at the beginning, first and foremost. Oates says, we've known the situation since. Now, I, I take that to mean we've known the situation since it happened. And that raises the first question to me about how this has all been handled. This murder took place in the early morning hours of Sunday, January 15th. On Tuesday, January 17th, Brandon Miller played 37 minutes in a win over Vanderbilt. Just a couple days after this took place. And if you're telling me Nate Oates knew that his star player was at the scene of this murder, had brought the gun that was used in this murder to the scene of the murder and Miller played 37 minutes in this game? He led the team in scoring with 30 points? Are you kidding me? Nate Oates felt comfortable at that point that he had all the information he would possibly need about a murder that several of his players were at to say, okay, not a problem, Brandon. I understand. Go ahead and play. Go ahead and play in this game. Jaden Bradley as well played in this game. He played 31 minutes in this game. If Nate Oates knew everything that we found out today since before that Vanderbilt game on January 17th, and both Miller and Bradley played in that game, that's absolutely inexcusable. I mean, we've seen players suspended for missing practice, coming to practice late, missing curfew, uh, all sorts of minor infractions that take place. Coaches all the time, we hear about the need for discipline, the need to show up for your teammates, the need to follow team rules. But Nate Oates, two days after a murder took place, where one of his players was charged with capital murder and two of his other players were there, decided that the two players who were there but not charged with capital murder should just go ahead and play a couple days later. If he knew everything that we knew today, that we found out today, that is absolutely unbelievable and inexcusable. Now let's examine what Oates said towards the end of that answer. And to me, what he said here at the end of this statement, at the end of this answer to this question is one of the most flippant comments I could imagine 
ever imagine making in such a situation. He said, quote, we knew about that. Can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Again, an absolutely unbelievable comment from Nato's. Wrong spot at the wrong time. You're in the wrong spot at the wrong time when you walk out of your house and a bird shits on your head. That's when you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time. In this instance, once again, three members of the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team were at the scene of the murder. One is charged with capital murder. According to court documents, he's admitted, Darius Miles has admitted to supplying the shooter with the gun. According to testimony, Brandon Miller drove the gun to the scene of the crime. According to testimony, Brandon Miller's car blocked in the vehicle that the victim was in. This is not a situation of wrong place, wrong time. And to call it wrong place, wrong time is just unbelievably disingenuous. It's such a minimization of what took place that night. It's such a minimization of the loss of life and and this tragedy. And I don't know what NATO's intentions were. I don't know, you know, if what exactly he was trying to accomplish with what he said today. But the way that it made me feel, it felt like he was just trying to completely minimize this situation. And I can only speculate as to whether that's what he was trying to do. And if he was trying to do that, why he was trying to do it. But it felt like he was trying to minimize the situation because he has a basketball team that is number two in the country, that is more than likely going to win the SEC, be a one seed in the NCAA tournament, and has a great chance to win a national championship. And it felt like he was trying to minimize his star player's role in this and uh, any, you know, in involvement because he is focused on basketball, 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 first and foremost. And I think it is a, a absolutely horrible message. I think the fact that Neither of the the two players besides Miles, who Miles was, of course, kicked off the team after being charged with capital murder. But everything that Nate Oates has said in that answer today or done by not not suspending either Bradley or Miller has made it seem like he is trying to minimize this whole thing. It comes off as if he is trying to minimize everything that happened, minimize this tragedy, and minimize the involvement that his two players, who are not Darius Miles, had in this whole situation. And uh, it, it, it's a terrible look. 
It's a terrible look for Alabama. It's a terrible look for Greg Byrne, Alabama's athletic director, who I'm sure is was aware of this situation. If Nate Oates was aware of this situation, uh, then Greg Byrne, I would have to imagine, was aware of this situation as well. And if he wasn't, that's on him as well. If something happens where a member of your athletic department is charged with capital murder, you got to find out everything you can about that situation. And then if it turns out that two other members of that the athletic department were at the scene of the crime, you have to take some action. So I have a lot of questions coming out of all this that I would love to ask Nate Oates, that I would love to ask Greg Byrne. First and foremost, what I would ask Nate Oates is, you know, he says that they've known about all this. You know, I read the exact quote earlier. You heard the audio. Uh, but the exact quote was, the exact quote was, we've known the situation since. So I would like to ask him, what exactly he knew on January 15th, January 16th, and January 17th. That's what I'd like to ask him first. And same question for Greg Byrne. Then I would like to understand if it come, if, if, if it is accurate that he knew everything that came out today before that Vanderbilt game, why exactly did you feel comfortable with these two players playing in that Vanderbilt game? Why have you determined that you feel comfortable with them playing ever since? And if the answer is as simple as they have not been charged with any crime, then I would ask both Nate Oates and Greg Byrne, is that really the the only standard that we are going to live by? I mean, I, I'm not the moral arbiter of anything, but I think as little as we can all agree on in this world, in this country, I think we can all agree that murder is the most heinous crime out there for three of your players to be at the scene of the crime. And then for the two who were not charged with capital murder to just play two days later, it's just, I, I think we can all agree there has to be more than that. There, there has to be more of a investigation, more of a conversation. Um, you know, I, that's, what I, that's another question I would ask is, what, what was the conversation? What conversation did you have with Miller and Bradley? I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what... The, the punishment should be necessarily, but I do know that getting back on the court two days later was not the right answer. And I think it's a terrible message that has been sent to everybody. And the message really appears to be that winning basketball games, winning a national championship, winning an SEC championship is the most important thing. And, you know, if as long as you have not been charged with a crime, you are good to go. You are good to go. You are good to take the court as long as you can help us win basketball games and reach our ultimate goal. And I think that's a, a terrible precedent to set. You know, I've enjoyed watching this basketball team this year. 
I said a few weeks ago that I enjoyed their style of play so much that if you don't have a team in national championship contention, you should root for Alabama to win the national championship because of the style of play and how it will hopefully lead to more teams adopting that fast-paced, up-and-down style of play. I do not care if Alabama was Loyola Marymount. I do not care if Alabama was scoring 150 points a game. The last thing that I want in college basketball is more coaches like Nate Oates who will say things like Nate Oates said today and who will handle this whole situation the way Nate Oates has seemed to handle this situation where it appears that he is minimizing everything that went on as long as it can help his team win basketball games. Now, I will point out that, you know, in in Oates' answer, he said that the situation is sad. And he's right. It is sad. But actions speak louder than words. Yeah, you can say it's sad. You can say that you had a team prayer. But the fact that you then follow that, you then follow that with, quote, can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Again, it's just so unbelievably disrespectful. You know, I spend a lot of time listening to college coaches talk. I hear them get interviewed. I hear them answer press conference questions. And something that I've, I've truly taken away listening to coaches across a variety of sports is so many of these coaches talk about that they are teachers at heart. And you hear it even more a lot in the non-revenue sports, college sports as well, the sports that aren't college football and men's basketball that are making a ton of money. You hear it from the softball coaches, the baseball coaches, the lacrosse coaches, whatever, wrestling coaches. You hear it a lot that they, they feel like they are teachers at heart. When I listened to Nate Oates talk today, I did not feel like he was a teacher. I felt like he was trying to minimize the situation. I felt like he was trying to deflect any blame from himself when he says can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. And I, I felt like it was, you know, I am not somebody who tries to hold the institution of, of college sports up on this high pedestal. Uh, if you heard me talk at all, you know that I, I'm very much in favor of compensation for college athletes. I think college football and college basketball, men's college basketball would benefit if there was some sort of collective bargaining agreement and revenue split where the pay players were paid salaries. Uh, but I do also think a college basketball coach is responsible for a group of 18 to 22 year olds. And I do think 18 to 22 year olds are still impressionable and need leaders. And so many times, you know, there's coaches who are bad leaders and, and don't take advantage of that opportunity. But there's a lot of good coaches out there who do view themselves as teachers that do take that respect, that responsibility seriously. And listening to Nate Oates today, uh, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel that way. It was, I, I thought his comments were embarrassing. I thought everything he's done up to this point uh, with out spending Miller at all was embarrassing. 
And uh, I think it's a, a black mark for Alabama, a black mark for the Alabama basketball program, and uh, not a good day for college basketball. And this is a team that's going to be front and center, front and center over the next month throughout March. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the country. There's no doubt about it. And that's in large part because of Brandon Miller. And this is a conversation that is is not going away. And I sincerely hope that there are people who, there are reporters, there's journalists out there who will be able to ask NATO those questions that, I, that I'd that i like to ask him, that will ask Greg Byrne about, you know, what I'd like to ask him. When did they know things? How did they come to these determinations? Why did they come to these determinations? What conversations were had? What conversations were had with players? What conversations were had with police? And it's, uh, it's just a, it's not going away. And I, I hope that somebody is able to ask those questions and we're able to to get the transparency that we need to understand what really happened here with the way Alabama handled this situation. And we will see what happens next in this story. Like I said, it's not going away. Alabama's going to be front and center, and there's going to be a lot of attention on this thing. So we will certainly be keeping an eye on how everything progresses. There was a lot of attention on this today. And I expect that there will be a lot of attention on the Alabama basketball program and this story moving forward. That's our show for today. I'll be back later this week to talk about some of the midweek basketball games and the weekend ahead in college hoops. Uh, I will talk to you all next time.